He's Amit Carr, and I'm Telly Concepcion, and together we are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. We go beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. So come learn, grow, and have some fun with us. We are Beyond the Numbers Podcast. On today's episode, the guys premiere NBA Bubble News, an inside look to the goings-on with NBA players in the Orlando bubble. They also share the changes Major League Baseball has made for the shortened 2020 season, and discuss the lack of protocols implemented by the NFL before training camp this week that led to a player movement on Twitter. Hashtag, we want to play. But first, their numbers of the day. In honor of the baseball season starting up here, my two numbers are baseball related, 104.3 and 50.6. And that's 104.3 miles per hour, which was the fastest pitch thrown in 2019. And that was done by the reliever Jordan Hicks of the St. Louis Cardinals. And of course, 50.6, that's also miles per hour. And that is the slowest pitch thrown in 2019 by John Ryan Murphy, which makes sense because John Ryan Murphy is a position player that happened to be pitching, and he's actually a catcher. My number for the day is $5.3 million. Drew Holiday of the New Orleans Pelicans is donating his remaining salary in game checks to start a social justice fund. Quote, I have pledged the remainder of my 2020 NBA salary as a progressive step toward combating systemic racism, as well as social and economic inequality that continues to prevent black communities from upward mobility, Holiday explained in his post. We were just kind of sitting in the house, in the bed, thinking about it, and my wife said, I think you should do this. That's a great idea because we want to make an impact. God has blessed us with so much. We know a couple of things that are important are time and money. And right now, we have both to be able to give away our money to help further this movement and Black-owned businesses that have taken a hit in COVID-19. To us, it felt like the perfect time and opportunity. So the majority of the money will be dedicated to nonprofits, Black-owned businesses, and citywide initiatives that seek to bring about equitable outcomes for Black and Brown communities in New Orleans of up to $1.5 million dollars. Los Angeles and Compton of up to $1.5 million, Indianapolis of up to a million dollars, and another million dollars will go to Black-owned businesses in more than 10 other cities, while $500,000 will go to institutions of higher learning, including Amit, which we talked about and highlighted in last week's episode, HBCUs, Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Drew Holiday is an LA native, He played collegiately for two seasons at UCLA. He's been a member of the New Orleans Pelicans for the past seven seasons. His wife, Lauren, is a former standout player for the United States women's national soccer team. She's from Indianapolis. And Drew's brothers, Justin and Aaron, both play for the Indiana Pacers. Before the business, time for our new segment. Before the business, where we answer all the questions that went unanswered, we find the numbers that went, well, unfound in previous episodes. (laughs) 
So we have to be honest with you, Beyonders. We typically record on Wednesdays, and we recorded this show, and before the business, on Wednesday, July 22nd. But so much has transpired that we had to meet up today and update the news. So first, Amit, we have breaking news. Beyonders, you know that we have been innovative and pushing for changes on this show. We pride ourselves on trying to be on the forefront of thought. And I'm talking specifically about the Washington NFL name. We pushed for the Red Tails. We tweeted the team. We posted on Instagram about this. And just a few hours ago, there was breaking news. Washington has made an announcement about their team name. They are moving forward with, quote, Washington football team, unquote, until they can figure out what to do with the name. Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense at all. Beyonders, I have an announcement to make for Beyond the Numbers podcast. Henceforth, we will refer to the Washington football team at the, as the WTFs. We feel that WTF is a bit more accurate reflection of the ownership, leadership, and the situation at the present time. WTF Washington. In other WTF, WTF Washington news, Beyonders, the Washington Post reports that 15 women alleged sexual misconduct by former Washington WTF employees. Incidents that took place from 2006 to 2019. And I'll read the statement as follows. These matters, as reported, are serious, disturbing, and contrary to the NFL's value. Everyone in the NFL has the right to work in an environment free from any and all forms of harassment. Washington has engaged outside counsel to conduct a thorough investigation into these allegations. The club has pledged that it will give its full cooperation to the investigator, and we expect the club and all employees to do so. We will meet with the attorneys upon the conclusion of their investigation and take any action based on the findings, unquote. So it will be an internal investigation, Amit, where the team's going to be investigating itself. I hope they do the right thing. I hope that team owner Daniel Snyder does right by this investigation and gets to the bottom of what's going on. We here at Beyond the Numbers podcast have a great respect for women and most especially women in this business, of which we have the, the honor and privilege of knowing several of them personally. There's no place for this in society. We hope that they get to the bottom of it and hold all the responsible individuals accountable. Shouts out to a woman in the business that we have a great respect and admiration for. She's a personal friend to us. She's like family. Jenna Lane of ESPN. Shouts out to you. In other WTF Washington News. Elena Deladon, who plays for the defending WNBA champs, Washington Mystics, is having issues with the league about the possible return to play. Elena Deladon has Lyme disease, and the WNBA is not making an exception for her not wanting to participate in the season. First off, the dispute here isn't really about the money. It would be more about the money for other players, but not Deladon. She makes the league's maximum salary. She has a pretty healthy endorsement portfolio. And financially, she isn't going to struggle with missed paychecks for a season. And she's basically come out and said that. The beef is with the WNBA being so callous with one of its best players, the league MVP, the defending champion, the face of the WNBA right now, and her health concerns is pretty much ridiculous. 
It wasn't denying her the money. It was forcing her to choose between money and health, playing in an atmosphere that she does not feel is safe for her or her family. And she would hardly be the only one who does not feel it is safe. By having one of the most recognized players rejected from opting out, you can bet there are others lower on the food chain who aren't even going to try. This is definitely was trying to force some of the WNBA players hand with this. She had to post a picture of the 64 pills that she has to take each and every day to social media to show just how serious her condition is. And then after having the time to digest that information and think about it, um, over a weekend, the Washington team came out and said, Oh, they'll pay her regardless. And you know, they were planning on paying her any day anyway regardless of the WNBA's ruling. I think this is utterly ridiculous. And I don't believe that if one of the men's top players, if LeBron said he didn't feel safe and he had to take this this much medication that the NBA would be withholding or threatening to withhold his check if he didn't feel right about playing. And just a quick piece to jump in because I know we talked that she makes the, NBA, the WNBA maximum. The WNBA minimum pay last year was $41,965 for the season. It's been up to 57,000 this year as the maximum earner last year was 117,500 for 2019. And this year has been upped to 215,000. Yeah, and they're fighting with their best player, the face of the franchise, the Michael Jordan, the LeBron of the WNBA over that amount of money is ridiculous and asking her to put her life in danger or put herself at risk when she doesn't feel like it's a safe environment to play in, you know, that's very discouraging. That's very disheartening. WNBA, you need to do better. Washington has some baseball issues too. Juan Soto, the young star of the Washington Nationals, tested positive for coronavirus for COVID-19 today. So he's out of the lineup. Who knows who else on that team is gonna test positive before the game actually starts this evening. WTF Washington. And before baseball starts tonight, which tonight's opening day, I thought this was important to bring up. There's an umpire that refuses to wear a mask. He does not believe the coronavirus is real. And his name is Joe West. Can I expect that he'll believe in balls and strikes being real if he doesn't think this virus is real. What he should do is also not wear a mask to protect from 100 mile an hour pitches coming at his face since he refuses to wear a mask for the virus. Yeah, and it's important to note that Joe West is actually a high risk individual. He's 67 years old. He does have various health issues. They had actually come to him and said, hey, because of your pre-existing conditions, we don't necessarily, you don't have to actually work this year, but Cowboy Joe, as he's been called by his colleagues, is going to move forward and continue to be an umpire. He has been an umpire in the league since 1976, and he happens to be the president of Major League Baseball's Umpire Association. So he is in charge of putting together and overseeing all the deals that the umpires, quote unquote, association union have as they do negotiations with the commissioner's office and with the players union so what what does president mean these days those mm. usually folks not believing this thing's real anyways washington do better do better by your team do better by your city do better by the women that work in that organization wmba do better do better by your best player in the league and all the players that play in that league and joe west 
do better. Now let's get back to the business. So Ahmed, it's time for our new segment, news from the NBA bubble. Bubble news. Yeah. Bubble news. So the NBA bubble is really interesting. So we wanted to make a new segment to highlight the news, notes, and goings on of the NBA bubble. Ahmed and I both had the privilege of living in Orlando, Florida. So we are familiar with the area, the terrain, and some of the goings on in and around Orlando. And we have a new favorite player, Ahmed. We have a new favorite NBA player for the NBA bubble. For a hot minute, it was J.R. Smith. He was putting out hot fire. He was showing us pictures of his food, or lack thereof in his opinion. He was showing us pictures of his hotel room, or lack thereof in his opinion. He was giving us all the insights. But then on YouTube, Ahmed, I had a suggestion this weekend to check out a young man and he is now my new favorite NBA bubble player. His name is Matisse Thibault from the Philadelphia 76ers. He was the 20th overall pick in the draft from the University of Washington. He gave us backstage passes to Disney and the NBA bubble, Ahmed. He gave us a whole tour, all the protocols that are followed, and just the general overall vibe of being in the facility, being in the place, hanging out with the guys. He's doing this all of his own volition. He's editing all the footage himself. He's doing such a phenomenal job. We wanted to give him some props here at Beyond the Numbers and give him a shout out. We cannot wait for some more videos to come out. His dad made a cameo in one of the videos. He was hanging out. Their boat got stuck at Disney and just stopped working. So they threatened to jump into the lake and swim back to shore. I mean, hilarious stuff. We could not get enough. Thank you for providing the footage. Matisse, you have officially out J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. This is pretty hard to get to Smith. He's not calling timeouts yet in the finals don't don't put matisse in that category man i like him do not put that on him he's out jr jr in bubble talk he showed the good the bad and the ugly of the bubble and actually you know he showed his dinner he showed some of the food he had the room how he organized the room i thought it was tight he even added in some special effects to the video editing so shoot we might have him jump on the podcast one of these times and kick it with us and also maybe do some of the editing on here who knows so Amit, i know how the hotline bling <laughs> you know we don't need a thing don't, don't throw drake <laughs> at me don't do that speaking of hotline bling we've talked about the hotline that the nba has implemented for players to report quote report other players who are not following protocol and we have our first victim Amit. victim actually is victim the right word is perpetrator the word we should be using here because either way dwight howard got snitched on <laughs> and he reported himself somebody called the hotline on me he was hanging out by the pool with no mask somebody called in and reported him 
And now you know Dwight played for Orlando for a number of years. He's familiar with Orlando. I'm sure he's been to Disney plenty of times. And he's hanging by the pool not wearing a mask on it. Dwight doesn't believe in masks. Dwight just recently learned that the coronavirus is transferred through the air, through droplets. So this is all news to him. I guess he has been living in his own bubble before he got to the NBA bubble. That man, he's always had some interesting thoughts and perspectives. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that he'd, uh, he'd jump in and decide that masks weren't really a thing. Not surprised, not surprised at all. I have a guess on who called on. I have a guess on who this could have been. Man, my money's on LeBron. LeBron called <laughs> to make sure that Dwight does not leave his room since he doesn't believe in wearing a mask and doesn't get sick and doesn't jeopardize his chances of trying to chase down Michael Jordan and win this championship this year. That's what I think. That's my guess. I'm going with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers already said he's calling on everybody. He's going to look <laughs> at the schedule, see who they're playing next, and then he's snitching on all those players. It could definitely be Chris Paul, though. <laughs> we know Chris Paul is calling people. <laughs> he's calling the hotline off people. So you never know. They never tell you on those tip lines who called. It could have been multiple tips. All three of those guys could have called in to report Dwight Howard. All we know is that Dwight says somebody called and reported him through the hotline. Add your siren special effect here. <laughs> Telly, Telly, you and I, as we've been looking through and following what's going on in the bubble, we know Dwight's not the first one to get called on. It may not have been the snitch line, but we have another friend in the league who may or may not have gotten into a little trouble, didn't he? Yeah, so hotel security responded to a, comp a complaint at three in the morning of some loud noises coming from one of the hotel rooms. And it happened to be a quarantine Jimmy Butler dribbling the basketball in his room at 3 a.m. I mean, really, what else is he supposed to do? I think when they get there, they were stuck in the room for the first seven days. He's trying to up his game. He's trying to get to the next level. Sleep, man. Just sleep. No. Just sleep. Jimmy Butler strikes me as the type of guy who doesn't sleep, man. He eats, breathes, all things basketball. Just all sleep. things basketball. Sleep. You could you could dribble all day in those rooms. I don't think anyone would say anything. <laughs> That's how you get the edge, man. You get that competitive edge. No dribble. Out dribble. No dribbling in your room after 10 p.m. and before 6 a.m. I'll even <laughs> give you a 6 a.m. dribble, Telly. You can dribble at 6 a.m. In bubble fashion news, PJ Tucker has taken 91 pairs of sneakers into the bubble, Ahmed. 91 pairs of sneaks Telly, into what, the bubble with him. What is he going to do with 91 pairs? What is he going to do? Tell me this. Tell me this. Are there even 91 days in the bubble? to wear sneakers every day? So technically, if you make it to the finals in the time that the NBA has allotted for the bubble schedule, I believe if it's played out, that would be around 90 days that the guys are in quarantine. So is PJ Tucker crazy or a genius? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I don't believe they're mutually exclusive, I mean, I just don't believe that's fair. those two terms are mutually exclusive. That's fair. That's fair. He's crazy and a genius. And in other bubble news, Dame Dalla, Dalla Dame, Dame Lillard 
It's been reported has a presidential suite. He tweeted a picture out of himself in front of his room where the gold placard said presidential suite and the NBA sent the same photo out, but they photoshopped out presidential suite. I mean, they don't want people to know that Dame got the presidential suite. So what are they supposed to do? Leave these rooms empty, not utilize them. And who is not going to know that that was photoshopped when the first picture was already released? Yeah, they messed up there. You got to talk to your boys not to tweet that stuff out. But really, when you're in the bubble, you're really worried about some of the guys that are quiet. Those are the ones you really got to worry about when it comes to basketball, right? Guys that are quiet. Oh, oh. Are you talking about? We're not doing that. Quiet, guys. No, no, you're done. You are done. Half man, half machine. Kawhi Leonard, is that you talking about? Yes. Because I would be worried because all he needs is an outlet in a closet to charge up in and he's ready to go. He doesn't care if you're giving him ham sandwiches. He doesn't care if he's got a presidential suite. He doesn't care if the sun shines in his room. He just needs an outlet to plug in and recharge in a closet to sit him upright so he can get fully charged before this season starts up. That's who I would be worried about. Fair enough. This has been News from the NBA bubble. Bubble news. Yeah. Bubble news. For our first story, we're going to talk about some of the changes in rules and regulations going into the 2020 shortened COVID season. Our numbers, 60, 3, 6, and 0. It's going to be a 60-game regular season. There's three tiers of personnel for every team, six feet apart at all times, and zero, Telly. There is 0% chance in my mind that they'll be able to complete a 60 game season. Yeah, so take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the, we're gonna have to change that. No more crowds, right? Nope. So Major League Baseball has started its season on Thursday, July 23rd. And just as a show note, we are filming this on July 22nd. There are some changes for the shortened 2020 season that we wanted to bring to your attention. Yeah, Telly, so the first thing, we don't have a 162-game regular season. We've got a 60-game regular season. It's the shortest season that the major leagues has seen since 1878. 40 games will be played versus division rivals, so 10, 10, and 10. And then 20 games will be played with the corresponding division in the other league. If you're in the AL East, you'll play the NL East. Players are going to receive, and we heard a lot about salaries and money, approximately 37% of their total salary if all 60 games are played. Any high-risk players can opt out. They can opt out and they'll receive their full salary and they'll receive their service time. It's a big deal in the, in the MLB. Privileges um, in terms of contracts and what you're eligible to do and and really making choices for yourself and your family open up after X number of years of service. So that's a big piece of it. If you're a non-high risk player and you'd like to opt out also, no problem, go for it. But you will not receive your salary 
and you will not receive your service time. However, teams will not penalize you in any other way. Major League Baseball finally came out with a 101 page document outlining everything. What's testing gonna look like? Well, players are gonna be tested every other day. Players in close contact, and close contact is in quotes, with anyone who tested positive will be isolated until they test negative. If they do test negative, they can return to play. However, they will be tested daily for a seven day period to ensure they continue to test negative. What does close contact mean? Well, it doesn't mean playing in the same field. The Major League Baseball is utilizing CDC recommendations and criteria to determine if someone's been close contact with a teammate. So the questions that these teams are gonna be asking players, did the infected player cough, spit, or otherwise propel secretions towards any of their teammates? Did the infected player touch the teammates or share personal items? And did the infected player spend at least 15 minutes within six feet of those teammates? So those are sort of the guidelines the league is giving for every team and for all medical personnel there um, and team staff to kind of go through when someone tests positive. Most teams, I don't know if all teams have this, but most teams are gonna have two trained staff members who will be contact tracers. They are going to watch all games and all practices, and they will be the ones that conduct interviews with players if anyone tests positive to confirm and, and make sure they have all the details of who those players got in touch with. Yeah, it's interesting. It sounds like these contact tracers have a, a pretty fun job. I mean, in football, we watch a lot of film, right? We go back, we watch the play, watch the handoff. It looks like they're going to be watching for the handoff for the virus. Like, the, th these guys shook hands. These guys hugged after a home run. We're gonna have to throw a flag on that. This dude spit out some sunflower seeds and the wind was approximately blowing in this direction where this guy was standing over here. Some droplets may have hit him in the face. I'm just thinking of Seinfeld, <laughs> the episode of Seinfeld where they're trying to figure out where the spit came from. That's right, that's right. <laughs> you know, all I can think of is baseball and baseball fans are big into scorekeeping. So you always see guys out in the stands They've got their pad of paper with the official score sheet and they're marking singles, doubles, triples, errors, all that kind of stuff, right? Can you see these people with just sheets up, first baseman touched runner on second, is within six feet for three minutes. They got stopwatches, clocks, they're checking wind. I see it, I see it. I could see that. So teams are aiming, they are aiming to minimize interactions by taking such measures as the following, spacing out the clubhouse so adjacent lockers are empty, spacing out equipment in the workout room and restricting how many players can work out at the same time together, making sure that each player has his own water bottle. Sounds simple, but you know, you, we've seen highlights where <laughs> dudes are spraying have the same water bottle or actually the trainers would spray us with water um, in football because you know, you got, the, you got your helmet on. Towel. The rosin bag, which as Ahmed has taught me, is a little bag you see the pitchers play with. It's got a little powder on there, makes their hands, you know, dry or grip on the ball. Yeah. And the pine tar rag as well. Players will also have their own tables for meals, and all tables are properly distanced to align with all CDC guidelines. There are no rules or regulations for players off the field and outside of team facilities. So this is an interesting one. 
we got little tables each of you will eat at once you leave here we don't really care what what you do <laughs> quote mlb will expect the covered individuals on each club to ensure that they will act responsibly unquote and to me i'm this just sounds like you know you have a teenager, which neither one of us has children yet. But if you had a teenager, you're like, well, yeah, I just expect my child to, you know, not text and drive. I expect my child to follow all the rules of the road. I expect my child to not act like a teenager and <laughs> just behave. Some of the rules and regulations here, there'll be a DH in both leagues, which we talked about in a previous episode and what benefits that brings to the league. It's been discussed for many years. During the regular season, extra innings will be modified to match minor league regulations. And each half inning following the ninth inning will begin with the runner on second base. So someone will be in scoring position to start. And the runner on second will be the player slash substitute in the batting order immediately preceding the half innings leadoff hitter. So that'll definitely make things interesting going forward for extra innings in baseball. Yeah, and these are some interesting changes um, when we look at pitchers specifically. So pitchers are going to be carrying a wet rag in their pocket that they can use for moisture instead of licking their finger. So let me get this right. <laughs> There's going to be a wet towel in your back pocket. I, I don't even know. I mean, way, again, but again. This but, just reminds me of Seinfeld, man. Licking envelopes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This no, takes no. me back to Seinfeld. He's licking all those envelopes. Major League Baseball, very, very cautious to make sure nothing weird's going on. Wanted to specify, water is the only substance allowed on the rag, and pitchers cannot access the wet rag while on the pitching rubber and must clearly wipe their fingers dry before touching the ball. So you can get some moisture on it, but then you got to dry it off. It is what it is. I know pitchers are going to have a field day, and I guarantee you, you're going to see a ton of guys lick their fingers because it's it's built in. It's not, you're not thinking about it. It's just going to happen. I guarantee it. Any game that ends before the completion of the fifth inning will be suspended and completed at a later time. So if there's weather issues, anything that comes up, they will have continuation of suspended games. Um, the same pitching rules that we saw last year, uh, where pitchers must face a minimum of at least three batters, will be in place. It's going to get interesting if you have injuries and you have a lot of guys getting on the COVID injury list and you start having to throw position players in there, it could take a while. Fitting is prohibited, but gum is permitted. So <laughs> let me get this straight. I'm in. So I can't spit, which baseball is all about spitting. We could probably find a YouTube video of 30 straight minutes of guys spitting in baseball. In one game. <laughs> in one game. But you could chew gum and then like not spit the gum. So do you wad up the gum and put it in that wet towel that goes in the pitcher's back pocket? Is that where we're getting the moisture from? I'm just, it's hard to break these habits. Like you said, these guys have been playing this game their whole life. You're talking about 20 years, 20 plus years of doing licking your fingers before you pitch spitting before you do something like this is just ingrained in these guys yeah it's gonna be interesting but you know just like we talked about how the nfl has some weird rules right like you can't swap jerseys right oh, yeah. that's prohibited so you can't exchange lineup cards that that's not a thing um and they've asked all players to maintain at least six feet apart whenever possible on the playing field and of course during any of the uh songs throughout the game so they want 
They want you to be six feet apart during the Star Spangled Banner and God Bless America. Don't know if they're gonna do a seventh inning stretch with no one in the, in the stands, uh, but that would be kind of fun to watch as well, to see a seventh inning stretch with no one around. Yeah, one of our favorite parts of the game when we would see Rays games is uh, the, the grounds crew guy that would break it down, do backflips and be dancing. So. Are, are we going to highlight these folks more? Like, are we going to make sure they're on TV? Because hey, there's nothing else to look at during the game. That's true. A couple of the other points here is when the ball is out of play, fielders are encouraged to move away from any base runners. So that, that's an interesting one right there. And it just reminds me of like a, like a video game glitch of some sort. <laughs> like, I'm glitching as a video game. Like there's an invisible uh, force field around me. Coaches should not approach runners, which again, you watch the game on TV is the first thing they do. They, tat, they, they give them a pat on the butt. Great hit there. Here's what you want to do getting to second base. Players on opposite teams should not socialize or come within less than six feet of each other at any point. Balls that are put into play and touched by more than one player shall be taken out of play. Again, those guys are really important watching the film of who's touching the ball. And who, I wonder if you're going to be able to bet on that, like how many times a ball gets touched before it gets tossed out of a game. <laughs> and players are discouraged from throwing the ball around the infield after an out, which, again, that is like the epitome of like we got an out. Each reflexive. guy touches the ball. This was teamwork. We all got this person out together. It's reflexive. It's 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 just going to be fun to see. I, I I wonder how they're even practicing this throughout. Because you know I've watched I've watched a couple of the games. Honestly, I haven't noticed a lot of this. But now that I'm fully aware of what they can't do, I know I'll be watching for it more. For our second story today, we're talking NFL delays and tweets about safety. So we told you a little bit about what baseball is doing to bring baseball back. The NFL has been dragging its feet and all this time could have been planning a return and apparently they have not been. So we all think of being a pro athlete is a dream. It's easy, you make lots of money, and sometimes we forget about the just plain work aspects of it. There's still no agreement on testing, Players want daily testing with training camp set to begin July 28th. We thought we'd go through some of the NFL updates with the backdrop of money remains a powerful motivator for a league that generates about $15 billion a year. My number for the story is 50 on Wednesday. The NFL PA's executive committee held a conference call with nearly 50 of its highest profile players intended to inform the membership on where things stand ahead of training camp. For those of you that don't know, that call took some turns as players thought the NFLPA couldn't answer some of the simplest questions they were asking. Several players asked the NFLPA how they could assist and what their messaging should be. Essentially, one player said, the call became a galvanizing moment that led to Sunday's social media blitz. Since that call, players have been working with the NFL Players Association on ways to create a unified voice. On this past Saturday, when the NFL sent an email to each team informing them that the training camps would start on time, one member of the NFL Players Association Executive Committee told ESPN that he viewed the NFL's action as a public relations attempt to quell fans' concerns about a growing sentiment from players, including superstars like J.J. Watts and Patrick Mahomes, 
who have expressed their frustrations with the lack of clarity from the league. Now, the NFLPA received counter-proposals from the NFL on Saturday night, and the league still hadn't addressed most of the players' concerns. And it's ignoring the advice of doctors it hired to come up with a plan to safely start the season. According to the collective bargaining agreement, players who do not report to training camp could be subject to fines for feature of bonuses and salary and the loss of an accrued season. Essentially the same thing that we're talking about with playing time and service years. Acho said that the NFL needs to give players a plan for how games might be canceled or delayed because of the coronavirus outbreak and address the financial ramifications players may face. He also accused the NFL of, of waiting to apply pressure on players instead of coming up with a plan. The hashtag we want to play blitz sets the stage for the NFL Players Association to file grievance over unsafe work conditions. What happens with rookies upon their reporting will largely determine whether that happens. But the union is prepared to file, a source told ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, and that buys players time to try to finalize terms before veterans report a week later. Now, Telly, doesn't all of this sound oddly familiar from what MLB just went through just a month and a half ago? Exactly. And that's why we wanted to bring it to your attention. <laughs> and that's why we wanted to highlight this piece and kind of talk about it a little bit, because as we went through on the top piece, all of the procedures and protocols that are being put in place by Major League Baseball, and it may seem a little bit ridiculous, but at least they're trying, right? They're trying to put some measures in place to keep these players safe. The NFL and the NFLPA, they don't feel like the league is acting in their best interest in terms of safety. And that's really important, especially for a game where you essentially put your life on the line every single Sunday every single week you can break your neck you can you know there's horror stories but it's a dangerous game so you know my dream growing up i think a lot of our dreams was to grow up and want to play professional sports be a pro athlete and for many of us it's as simple as that we hear about the huge sums of money the top level guys get offered or pay and we don't really think too much past that. And now as a growing up, I'm at, if I'm being honest, I just want to be a Silicon Valley founder. <laughs> like get that set up the next Google. There's more money in that. There's more privacy in that. <laughs> and I also see, you know, now that we're growing up and we have this, this platform, this podcast, and, and we called it Beyond the Numbers because we want to go a little bit deeper than just the headlines of sports. We also see there's a lot more considerations to make for the sports we love to take place and how much advantage the owners actually have over the players. Um, it's like the owners having a team of lawyers versus some players blindly representing themselves in court. And remember, these guys are billionaire owners and became billionaires for a reason. And they, they have an abundance of resources to negotiate with. And basically, as we discussed, the NFL owners are taking a play from the uh, MLB owners playbook and trying to run down the clock on the negotiation time in order to force a season without addressing player concerns. 
and basically, you know, putting it on the fans like, hey, these players don't want to play. They're spoiled brats. Look how much they get paid. The NFLPA, the NFL Players Association, is responding by taking a play out of the Major League Baseball Players Association playbook and forcing the conversation through social media with the hashtag, we want to play. The coordinated effort from players took place this past Sunday, July 19th. J.J. Watt tweeted, in the interest of having everyone on the same page in terms of what we know and don't know at this time, here are a few things I've learned being on four NFLPA calls in the last two weeks with hundreds of other players. Keep in mind our rookies are scheduled to report in 48 hours. And he attached these two images on it with the following quotes. We want to play. We want to be as safe as possible. The NFL can mandate that players show up to training camp regardless if any agreement has been reached between the NFL and NFLPA. We still have not been granted the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. We still do not know if there will be daily testing, every other day testing, etc. We still do not know if there will be preseason games or not. We still do not know how a positive COVID test will be handled in regards to others in close contact, in the huddle, directly engaged with, etc. A strong and fair opt-out clause for those at higher risk or those with family members at high risk has still not been agreed upon. Lastly, if players do not show up on time, they can be fined or considered in breach of contract, even if healthy and safety protocols have not been agreed upon or IDER, infectious disease emergency response plans have been approved. His very last point here, we want to play. And that's been stressed by all the players. Now, the NFL has come out since and deemed that there will be no preseason games, but a lot of his other concerns have not been addressed. Russell Wilson tweeted, I am concerned. My wife is pregnant at NFL. Training camp is about to start, and there's still no no clear plan on player health and family safety. Shrug emoji. We want to play football, but we also want to protect our loved ones. Hashtag, we want to play. Drew Brees tweeted out, we need football. We need sports. We need hope. The NFL's unwillingness to follow the recommendations of their own medical experts will prevent that. If the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players healthy, there is no football in 2020. It's that simple. Get it done at NFL. Stefan Diggs tweeted out, if hashtag Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA, can respect the voices and protect his at NBA players, why can't at NFL commish do the same? Referring to Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. Listen to your players. If we want to have a full season, it will have to look different with our safety as the priority. At NFL, make the necessary changes. Hashtag we want to play. And lastly, from Richard Sherman, who's a voice that the NFL players listen to. He's been around and he is not shy about being vocal about player issues around the league. Quote, the NFL has ignored the safety recommendations from the experts that they hired. We all love this game and want to go out and compete with our brothers. The NFL needs to provide a safe work environment for us to do that. Hashtag, we want to play. And there was countless other tweets from other guys, but this is the top tier guys banding together and putting this information out 
so that everyone had a chance to see that there's a lot of terms that still haven't been decided upon before these guys come back and put their lives on the line. Yeah, and since these conversations and since this sort of media blitz that all the players did, there have been a few updates. So a league-wide memo was obtained by CNN where the NFL outlines the screening and testing guidelines now in place. So coronavirus testing will commence at the start of training camps and last for two weeks. Results from those weeks of testings will dictate a move to test every day or every other day. The memo states that players are required to test for coronavirus twice before entering team facilities for the first time. Tests must be separated by at least 72 hours. So essentially take a test, wait a couple of days, take another test, if you, if you test negative both times, then you can come in. Now, if after two weeks of testing, the results for all team members are at or below 5%, testing will shift to an every other day model. And according to a statement from the NFL Players Association, our union has been pushing for the strongest testing and tracing protocols to keep our players safe. The testing protocols we agreed to are one critical factor that will help us return to work safely and give us the best chance to play and finish the season. Still shocked that these protocols are set up as they are since these guidelines of what to do have been out there for a while and the NFL has had a chance to watch NBA figure it out, let throw it out there and MLB bumble it, but still figure it out at some point. And I think it's important again to highlight the date where we're recording on July 22nd. Yep. So a lot could change between now and when we when we publish the uh, episode, but it still leaves a lot of unanswered questions for players like pay and what happens if the season is canceled. The most recent proposal from the NFL to the NFL Players Association sets forth a lengthy and detailed schedule of payments to be made in the event the season is suspended or canceled. For starters, players would keep all signing, roster, reporting, or workout bonuses earned before cancellation of the season, along with base salary and per-game roster bonuses and per-game payments earned for any regular season games actually played. If the season is canceled before training camp opens, the player would get no further payment. If the season is canceled after training camp starts and before final roster cuts, all players on the 90-man roster who received accredited accrued season in 2019 or who were drafted in 2020 would receive a $250,000 stipend reduced by all other payments already made to the player this year. So as an example, if a player received a $100,000 signing bonus, he'd receive $150,000 upon cancellation of the season, and any player who's received $250,000 or more this year would get nothing. If the season is canceled after the final roster cuts and before week one, players on the 53-man roster and injured reserve would be eligible for the $250,000 stipend. Players on the practice squad would be eligible for a $100,000 stipend. Incentives would be prorated and partially earned as long as at least eight regular season games are played by the player's team. If, for example, a player has an incentive that pays him $1.6 million for 16 sacks, the incentive would drop to $1.2 million and the threshold would drop to 12 sacks if only 12 games are played. Apart from the stipends, players will not be paid for games not actually played, even if player salaries are guaranteed 
for injury skill and or salary cap. So that's is a huge point because, you know, guaranteed usually means guaranteed. But as we pointed out in the pod before in football, there are no guarantees in baseball. There are in uh, the NBA. There are. And again, this is the league's proposal. The players can adhere to the current status quo, which gives players their full salaries. If only one game is played, the approach proposed by the league would reduce player pay dramatically, but it would also reduce the eventual financial consequences of the pandemic. So um, this is a huge point of contention right now between the Players Association and the players. And there is no plan by the NFL if games are canceled. There really is not. And in the NFL, your pay is tied to game checks. It's primarily how NFL players are paid. The number you hear in NFL contracts is not what the guy makes. He gets paid per game check. So if the, if the season is canceled, they're not getting those game checks and that greatly affects how much money they can earn. And this is a job. And at the end of the day, you know, not every guy makes millions of dollars and every guy has family, has friends, and they don't want to get their family or friends sick. And it may be a health issue for some guys, depending on their previous health conditions. So we'll continue to keep you updated beyonders on this evolving story. I love football. I hope there's football this, this season and I hope they can figure it out. Let's wrap this thing up. For our first story, we talked about the various changes in the 2020 MLB season, ranging from rule changes and safety protocols for all players and staff members. Will we be playing a full 60 games and have a postseason? We certainly don't think so. And for our second story, we talked about the return of football, specifically the NFL. With training camp scheduled to begin shortly, it is clear that the appropriate safety measures and precautions have not been addressed sufficiently by the league and players want to ensure that these issues are addressed before return to football can happen. Thank you for going beyond the numbers with us. We're a weekly podcast dedicated to going beyond the numbers of sports and life to bring you the story within the story of the stories that matter. We're available on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening on now, please be sure to click the follow or subscribe button to get our latest content. And remember, you can find us on Instagram, Beyond the Numbers Podcast, and on Twitter, at BeyondTN Podcast. Until next time, peace! peace.